0: Thank you. Things gonna come out of this, though, all right? McCoy's gunning for Principal Taylor.
1: What are you talking about, Lester? McCoy will figure a way to get that bitch out of there. There you go.
0: I can't even believe you, (laughs) Warren.
1: Hey, I got something to say to everybody. I hate to spoil the party, but this is to everybody. You know what? I'm not a Panther anymore. You used to be my friends. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you believe in, but it's not the Panthers. It's not the Panthers I believed in. It's not the Panthers we grew up with. I'll tell you that right now. You want to know another thing? I'm the one who told Eric about the mailbox. Hey, I can't live with myself anymore. I put that mailbox in 12 years ago. Out in the middle of the night, I dug that hole and put it in. It's my mailbox. i do whatever I want to with it. And Joe, I tried But ever since you got here, you have been a cancer to me. You've been a cancer to my friends, and you've been a cancer to this team. And just one more thing I want to say is: clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. All right, Sarah. So uh, Buddy goes off, and unexpectedly becomes the moral center of Friday Night Lights, which
0: is. The worst sign possible.
1: (laughs) Is that that the sign of the apocalypse?
0: Right? Like, it's insane to think that he finally found the line of his morality. Like, that's what crossed it is this. I loved it. I loved seeing him stand up for the Panthers, stand up for himself, and actually, like, show that he cares about, like, the... I guess the core of what being a Panther really is about, and not just. They were getting really nasty, those guys, like calling Tammy a bitch and wanting mm-hmm. to get her fired. Like, yeah, it's just, it's just nasty people, and they have no heart in the team, and so they have no place being there.
1: Well, they've been totally sucked in by Joe. They've been sucked yeah. in by the money, they've been. Uh, you know, look, these are boosters, and uh, you know, like, like Buddy himself, he, you know, he's probably done some shady stuff, and look, he admitted to putting that mailbox in there twelve years ago, right? So this is this has been going on not for a couple of years or something. This has been going on for over a decade. So well, let's not kid ourselves. Buddy's done some shady stuff in the past, and and all of that. But I think even for Buddy, there's there's a line in the sand. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, you basically all turned your backs on the guy who brought us a state title a few years ago,
0: exactly.
1: um, who came back when the, the coach that we hired wasn't deemed to be a good fit. And, you know, he came back, uh, and you know, he, he just barely lost in the last, you know, state title, title match, uh, game, uh, so you guys basically have just been sucked in by the money, you know, that Joe's willing to give. And I, I talked about this, I believe in, in the first episode of the season was how, you know, now that Joe has his, his teeth firmly in to the Panthers and to the town of Dylan, at least that side of town, um, he's going to corrupt it. We saw, we saw JD, uh, looking a lot more like his father in the premiere episode of the season. Yeah. And it's because now that, now that Joe doesn't have, now that Eric and Tammy and people like Riggins, like veterans of the team, they're not there anymore to kind of be a a mature a
0: guidepost. Yes.
1: And that's gone. uh, Now Joe can do as he pleases.
0: It's total free for all for him. And he's quite happy and smug about it. And, just want to push his face into the water and hold it there until, like, the last bubble comes up.
1: <laughs> I was going to go, like, put his face on the, the hot um, grill. <laughs> the
0: barbecue. The grill, you know. Uh, I like it.
1: Put in some earplugs. Don't have to hear the screaming. I'm okay. I'm good.
0: Uh, <laughs> All right, well, burgers are up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Here's a side of Joe. Um,
0: <laughs> Sloppy Joe's.
1: Right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like it. Like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So let's uh, let's roll with Buddy. Um, so he doesn't have a whole lot in this episode overall. He has um, that big scene. That does like the big scene with Buddy. Uh, there's another scene with Eric. Um, I think it was before this where Eric tried to get Buddy to uh tell him about what it takes to engage boosters and stuff and get some money because obviously Eric's dealing with money. Uh, issues over at his uh, football program. Just a little bit. A little bit. And uh, so he needs Buddy's help. Buddy at that point was not wanting to engage because he knew that his butt was on the line. Um, and they were probably
0: following him, which I wouldn't put it past Joe to put a tail on somebody he's suspicious of.
1: No, no, no. I definitely agree. That probably did happen. There's no doubt. Yeah. Uh, Um, yeah, so that's pretty much, uh, I think that's Buddy's story this episode. There really isn't much for him beyond this, but, uh, you know, especially that scene, very effective. Um, it's nice to see Buddy take a stand, you know, he might be, he might be willing to accept, uh, doing some slightly shady stuff. Uh, but even Buddy has morals at whatever they may be, (laughs) but whatever they are, they they were, they were crossed. You know there was a line that Buddy just could not deal with, and it's because look, Eric and Tammy, he's known them for years. Um, to call somebody that he's known for a long time, to to hear these guys, who probably know Eric and Tammy pretty well, as as well, to turn and call Tammy a bitch. Yeah, like, it
0: was really nasty too.
1: It was terrible. I hated it. You know. Yeah, Ugh.
0: not nice whatsoever.
1: No, definitely not. All right. So let's uh, let's talk about um, Julie and Matt in this episode. Um, there's actually a lot going on here with Matt. Uh, Julie is well, actually. They both have yeah. decent storylines. I actually... I mean, I guess we can kind of split them up a little bit in this episode. I know we do... There is a little bit with them together, and we'll get to that. But let's talk about Matt first, right? Because it's some... He's
0: still shadowing this uh, artist, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this angry artist. Right. And he's basically still just kind of pushing around, but I guess he needs him to take him to... Somewhere that's, like, 200 miles away in his car and he ain't gonna pay for gas. He's being a total dick. <laughs> to get scrap metal. To get scrap metal, Like, 200 miles of scrap metal? Like, what? We don't have a junkyard here?
1: <laughs> I, I thought about that, too. I wrote that down. I said, why 200 miles? Yeah. Like, you know? That just
0: seems, like, divisive.
1: It seems like, I don't... I mean, I would say this guy's just taking Matt for a ride here, but, I mean... Even it would be a waste of his time to go two hundred miles. Yeah. So I mean I mean, whatever. I guess you know, maybe it's just the, the writer's excuse to give them uh bonding. A, if you want to call it that. <laughs> yeah, like that is uh,
0: loosely called bonding.
1: <laughs> but I mean I guess it gives them a reason to be out on the road together for a significant period of time. You know, and see what happens yeah. out there. But yeah. You know, here's the thing. They get to the they get to the scrapyard, and Matt is just asking some questions. And I, the character itself is fine because there are aspects to this guy's character that I feel like really pushes Matt's buttons, but in a good way. But at mm-hmm. the same time, there's just a sense of just someone and. I don't subscribe to the whole if you're an artist, a true artist, you're an unhappy artist. I think that's kind of bullshit really yeah I don't feel like you know he says to Matt uh, later on in the episode uh, one of the scenes he, he talks about how you know to be an artist essentially just means you're constantly trying to fill some part of you up with creating something and you know to that I can't disagree. You know, I mean, there's this need to be creative, this need to try to impose something in the world with, with your creativity, with your vision. Um, and so maybe there's something to that. But the whole idea that uh, you more or less have to just give your entire life over to your art and that uh, you have no room for anything else, uh, that to me is not right. I don't... I don't think that's that's fair either. Uh, I think that's um. I think it's wrong because you can be a great artist, but not have to. You don't have to be this guy who is cl- clearly this guy, and I don't. You know, you can. I mean, you can disagree with me. Uh, this guy is completely very very unhappy person. Um, yeah,
0: it's almost to the point where you can almost see the sadness that lies beneath because like he's just got anger to cover up like the bitterness inside. Clearly, you know he loved someone at one point who must he must have dwelled too much into his art and she must have left him something to that. And he's never really overcome that. And that's been his fuel ever since.
1: Right. Or, you know, maybe he drove her away or maybe she drove him away, you know, regardless, you know, I get, I get the feeling too. I feel like he was in a relationship. Maybe he was married once. Things went really sour, really bad. Uh, However, ended it probably ended um, very, very badly. Uh, And he's basically been like, screw this. I'll never... Be with anybody ever again. My life is now totally devoted to my art. That's the only thing because the art won't criticize me. the The art won't, uh, t- you know, blame me for not coming home until this time at night. You know all this. You know, um, so that's kind of the impression I get from his character. Uh, and I'm glad that you kind of felt the same way because I think it's pretty apparent, you know, that this Especially guy harbors with the what life.
0: he says to Julie. Like, it's very. Very blatant, there. Yeah,
1: you know, you're the ball and chain that, that's that's holding him back.
0: And I think yeah. I married you twenty years ago.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, so you know, so Matt does this. He he tr- just tries to ask questions at the gr- at the uh, scrapyard, and this guy's like, "Dude, what's with all the questions?" It's like, man, I'm here doing all this stuff for you. You can at least take the time to answer some damn questions, you yeah. know. And he finally does later when they get to that uh, that bar and they're they're playing was it shuffleboard, I think, or something? Something or like that. Something like that. So they're playing that and you know, he does actually talk to Matt like an actual normal human being for like five <laughs> minutes, which must have been really difficult for him. I get the sense that uh even five minutes of normal conversation was like like nails on a chalkboard for this guy, but I yeah, guess he, he felt
0: must have just got him at the right time where he had just enough to drink to have a buzz and not have it pass over yet.
1: <laughs> or maybe he felt like he actually owed Matt something. Yeah. So maybe his payment to Matt is actually real conversation for once. Um, but yeah. So. Um, then the whole Matt and Julie thing. Um, you have Matt coming to drop something off. Julie gets out. As you alluded to, he talks to her and says, "You know, you're the ball and chain holding it back. I must have married you twenty years ago." Uh, and then Julie is in a funk. You can tell it just it totally hits her. I mean, what do you what do you say to that?
0: Yeah, you when know? a grown man says that to you, like, you know, she's she has really great parents to look up to as adults, and I don't think she might be at the age yet to realize that. Adults have like different meanings behind what they might say, or it's not what it appears to be and that it's not really directed at her. It's from a different place. So I can understand she's taking it quite personally. It seems like a very personal statement.
1: Right. Well, you're, you're declaring something. Someone that you've never met walks up to you. Doesn't even say hi, really. Uh, but, but simply comes out with a statement, which totally blindsides you. And she actually begins to worry that she is holding Matt back, and she tells him so and he 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 calls him an, he calls him an idiot, <laughs> that's like <laughs> he's an idiot, you know, don't listen to anything he has to say, like he makes it clear that that Julie is the most important thing in the world to him, and yeah, I'm glad and that he I think did that because for even more yeah, yeah, it's hard, but you can see it, it there's still a lot of doubt there, yeah. So what happens with Julie this episode? So it appears like Julie is beginning to question her faith a little bit.
0: Yep, coming to the age where she's wondering, you know, when she's at that age where her school's nearly wrapping up and about to go off into your own little life, you know, you wonder why your parents kind of bring you to church. You've been going your whole life because your parents have been going the, your entire life. And you get a question like, Will I do that? Do I want to? What's it mean to me? And all those questions.
1: Right. And uh, it was interesting. I actually, I like the storyline. Um, it wasn't a storyline that dominated the episode per se, but I, I liked that they gave Julie, you know, a an issue that she had to deal with. And it wasn't something that she uh, had to interact with Matt or her father for it was something that she was talking to her mother about. And so I had this nice storyline where she tells her mother this, you know, obviously she talks to Eric about it. <laughs> Eric's like, Hey, look, next week she'll be, you know, reversing course. Uh, She's you know, a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but what I like about this is that Julie is questioning it and Tammy is a little taken aback but ultimately what i love is that we come to the end of this episode and they have this wonderful scene together and i feel like the writers and the actors hit it perfectly you know they hit all the yeah. right all the right notes this is a wonderful scene between between Tammy and Julie and i love how it plays out and we're going to listen to it now Hey, how's your date? It was good. It was was good. I've been thinking. I think I want you to come to church with me because it makes me feel like family. And because I like having you sit next to me there, at least for a little bit longer. And I think it's good that you're questioning your faith. I just want you to have faith in something. Something that can hold you.
0: when I'm not going to be able to hold you anymore. (laughs) Okay. I'll be there Sunday. I'm sorry, but you're always going to be my little girl.
1: (laughs) Alright, Sarah. What did you think of this scene?
0: One of my favorite lines of this talk is Tammy telling Julie that she's glad that Julie's questioning her faith. And I love the way they wrote that line. I think it's extremely important, not just to the story, but for people that watch that. Because a lot of people, they don't have that person in their life that tells them that it's okay to question their faith. It's, you must have to believe this or burn in hell. And so it's nice that people watching this, they're probably a lot of people from southern states. And a lot of that happens. And it's nice to see that, hey, it's okay to question your faith and to... You know, really think outside the box and wonder what's out there. Like, it's not a bad thing. So I really appreciated them putting that line in there. And I think it's great. It's very smart.
1: Yeah. My favorite part of this scene was when Tammy said, look, I just want you to believe in something. You know, something that that can hold you down when I'm not here. You know, and... I love that line because it, it's so true. It, look, this I'm not, I'm not here to advocate for any specific religion. I'm not even here to advocate for a religion at all. Uh, when I'm, I mean, whether you believe in something is, is fine. If you're listening to this, it's all up, up to you. Um, but what I do believe is whether you believe in some religion or not, what I think is important is that you believe in something You know, even if it's just down to that there's good people in the world and that uh, good people will will help other people and that you believe in the human spirit. And, you you know, like if it's just that, fine. But there's a lot of people out there that don't believe in anything, like nothing. And those people, they're really, I mean, sometimes I feel like I see those people out there and they're just struggling to keep their head above water. Um, so sometimes just being able to believe in anything so that you have some kind of something concrete to hold on to, some belief in anything, whether it be a higher power or something out in the world, um, I feel like it's, a, it's an important thing. And I like that the show decided to confront that and make that statement. that As long as there's something for you to believe in anything at all, that's the important thing, I guess. So at least that was for yeah. me. That was for if me.
0: you don't have something like to tether yourself to, to you know, remind you of what's good in the world, you're going to end up like uh, the artist <laughs> and right. just kind of flailing in anger and bitterness and just life having taking its toll on you.
1: No, I like that. That's um, a very good point there, you know, that you mentioned... Richard, because Richard is someone who seems to just be out there trying to, like, he believes in his art. To what extent he even believes in that. I don't even think
0: he believes in that, because he has a masterpiece right, that, you know, true. stuns Matt, and he calls it crap. Yep. Like, I don't think he believes in anything.
1: Right. Uh, that's true. You're right. You're right. Now that you mentioned that, I think you are correct. But, yeah, I think it's good that the show maybe illustrated the difference between Richard who believes in nothing and Julie who's questioning, but her, but it has someone there like her mom to tell her it's okay to believe in something, but, believe, you know, if you don't believe in, in whatever God, fine, but believe in something out there, you know? Uh, so I like that. I think it's really great, uh, a great storyline.
0: Yeah. I really appreciated that. It was very smart. And this is the kind of writing that I really love from them.
1: Well, it's nuanced. You know, it yeah. it's smart without it's not condescending. Doesn't you know it doesn't talk down to you, uh it doesn't think you're an idiot, but it's smart and it just it raises some good issues and but doesn't stuff anything down your throat, you know? Yeah. That's it's one just of the there
0: rest. for your for you to enjoy and to absorb.
1: Right. Right, exactly. Uh okay, um let's move on to Landry. Uh, Landry didn't have a lot to do in this episode but he was tasked with being the punter now by Eric <laughs> right. um, do you know what a punter the convenient
0: is punter. yeah the guy who takes the shot at the prong, the giant prong No,
1: nope, that is the kicker
0: so what does he do then what the hell's a punter then
1: okay well yes th- okay this is the this is Mike's uh, Mike teaching <laughs> <laughs> teaching football uh, in in this uh, episode so um, An offense only has four downs to get a first down. You get to go 10 yards usually to get to the next first down. Like when you are out on the field, you have to get from wherever you're at 10 yards down the field to get another set of downs to do it over again. Okay? Okay. (laughs) All right. It's it's confusing. It's not that confusing. But anyway, uh, (laughs) if you try on the first down and you don't get it and the second down you don't get it, and the third down, you don't get it. It's now the fourth down, and ninety-nine percent of the time, you're going to punt the ball. What you're do basically doing is you're kicking the ball to the other team, and then it becomes about field position, because sometimes field position can be a very important thing. It's kind of like in hockey, right? If you keep the other team down on their end of the of the ice, and you can't, they don't get past uh, the center of the ice on your side they're probably not going to score right yeah right so that's so you know it's kind of like that where you, like if you can't get that far down the field at least if you can punt the ball you know get them deep in their side of the field it makes it harder for them to travel all the way up the field and score a touchdown or kick a field goal so okay that's what a punter does a punter's job is to to do just that so okay okay so anyway Uh, lesson over. So, um, so Landry's been tasked with being a punter, even though he's never done it his whole life, uh, which I thought was hilarious. Um, although Eric does seem to be calling him Landry now, which is good. Not
0: Lance anymore.
1: No, he's not Lance. Um, (laughs) he's out in the, in this field. He's, he's kicking balls. He's just, it's not good. terrible. It's terrible. And Jess, the the girl whose bike he ran over in the premiere for this season, uh, comes up with uh, her brothers and kind of laughs watching Landry try to kick this ball. She then proceeds to give him some pointers, and it works. So it turns out her father was a football player that almost went uh, professional um, years and years ago. So that's kind of where she picked up the information she has and her love of football. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So what did you think of this uh, scene with Landry and Jess?
0: Well, I kind of feel like the setup of it is kind of... It feels way too like, hey, we just kind of... We only made him need to be a punter just so we could have this scene with her and have her give her points, because she just like magically appears, and it just kind of felt a little forced. But other than that, I do... I, I like the chemistry that's there. Like, he. I hate saying it because I love Tyra to pieces, and I just. It's sacrilegious to see him talking to another girl, but uh, she is nice and you know, really hardworking, seems like a decent person, and seems like a good fit for Landry. Um, so I don't have anything wrong with the two of them hanging out, I guess, but. <laughs> it still irks me that. He- already there's somebody else in his life and Tyra's is just like off doing whatever
1: <laughs> yeah I think that if I had one criticism four episodes in to the show so far is that they, they haven't shown us a conversation between Landry and Tyra you know are they still dating? we don't know um, right now we have no information to go on so I don't know. I guess, I guess we're gonna have to wait and find out, obviously, uh, if we, even if we do find out, I don't know. So but it is kind of annoying, given how last season ended and the, the last scene of them together, like hugging and crying and all that and, and her telling him that you know she loves him and all that. I mean to, to not get anything.
0: Like, what was the point if this is what's going to become of
1: it well like it, it, how hard would it be for for the actress to you know just record some lines over the phone or something you know like it would Let's be type in. nothing it would be it would it would be nothing for her to just like read from a script you know have a conversation with with the actor um Jesse Plemons and record some lines from time to time if that's what they were going to do uh, it would take like 10 minutes you know like it's not that it's not that hard to,
0: yeah to do no that. need to bring somebody else in
1: don't even yeah you don't even need to show her just the voice yeah. alone is fine so but so far at least four episodes in we have nothing so
0: makes me sad
1: yes all right all right um so we we have some other things going on in this episode <laughs> We got like some big things going on in this episode Um, so one of the things is we've got Luke, who's the new, the new, uh, football player on the team. He's come over from the Panthers. Um, he showed up last episode and now in this episode, he's getting attacked a bit, you know, by the other players, you know, they, they see him as, you know, some show off, some flashy guy from the other side of town. Um, basically not one of them is more or less what it, what it comes down to. And I think there's a level of intimidation there, you know, where they know the guy's good and he's probably better than all of them. And so a lot of that, I think it stems from being insecure, and knowing full well that, that Luke, when I mean, he's been playing football for years and he's a great athlete, you know, obviously he's good at what he does. And so, they're attacking him more or less just i think because they're insecure about how bad they may be
0: yeah and it's also like there's a bit of a race thing going on yeah. where you know they don't want to be led by a white guy and cuz they got a white coach and now they have you know a seasoned football player kind of bossing them around and it's making everyone just a little uneasy it's not what they want they want they want a team and everyone to be kind of equal. So, yeah, that would get under my skin, too. Um, it, it would bother me. Right. I kind of feel for the guy, but I do think he's kind of being a little whiny
1: <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> when he's
0: like, no one's giving me
1: attention. Right, well, let's talk about that because that is a, a significant uh, part of his episode. So, more or less, what he wants is recognition for his sacrifice. You know, he sa- he sacrificed being part of the Dillon Panthers in order to come over here to a team, which is not very good. And he's out there working his tail off fine. But what he wants to get is recognition from the coach that he, he's working hard and I, I, you know, just getting a, a big, you know, pat on the butt more or less or pat on the back you know, yeah. for, for all his hard work and all his sacrifices. So I agree. I It's, it's annoying because I don't know. I, I think I like the character. I like Luke. I think he's, I like him. Uh, but in this instance, you see a lot of, of whininess from his character. Yeah,
0: like he's being a little selfish. Like he should be able to see like, you know, I'm a seasoned player and I don't need any work. Everybody else needs the extra attention and the extra work. I should be stepping up to help, not, you know, begging for my, you know, spotlights and needing to be noticed. Like, no way.
1: Right. Exactly. Right. So he talks to Riggins about this. And so Tim, um, you know, talks to Eric, tries to put him aside. Eric's too busy. But he more or less says exactly that. Like, look, this this guy, you know, we're not praising this guy every five seconds because he deigned, deigned to, you know, be on our team um you know just let it take care of itself although at some point in the episode eric does relent and i think in order to clear the air and kind of get this resolved because you know luke goes into eric's office and he tries to kind of explain this early on because eric says hey you're going to be you know cuz luke is a running back right he's on the offense and that's what he's been his entire life and now all of a sudden eric's telling him that he has to be uh, a defensive back. He's got to go play on defense as well as offense, but he's never played on defense before. Um, so for the, for him, that's an entirely new thing. Um, and so he tries to talk to Eric about it. That doesn't really go over too well, and that's <laughs> why he talks to, to Tim, and Tim tries to talk to Eric. Eventually, Eric goes and talks to Luke and says, Look, I know you're talented, but I've got a bunch of guys on this team, and they all need me more than you do which is essentially what you were saying.
0: Yeah, exactly. And basically he also really is to him that he needs him to lead, uh, kind of be the new Tim Riggins where, you know, it's essentially like the team captain kind of leading everybody and, you know, rallying them behind, uh, the coach's words and keeping everyone's team spirits up and, you know, not having to worry about himself.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, precisely for sure. Um, So, uh, we, on the flip side, we have Vince, right? Uh, so we have these two characters, these two, these two athletes, uh, for all of Vince's raw ability, um, his problem is as Eric puts it so well later in the episode, you know, he's his own worst enemy. So they're in practice. Eric is yelling at him, right? Um, even at the beginning of this episode, when they're out pushing that car, trying to raise money, most of which is coming out of Eric's own pocket, because he's, he's trying to make them look good, or look the community to look good, by seeing all these people like going up and handing money to them. Really, that's just coming out of Eric's pocket.
0: Yeah, it's Tim going and handing people money to hand back to them.
1: <laughs> right. Um, you can even see at that point, the look on, on Vince's face is like, why are we here? Why are you telling us to do this? Uh, and then... Later on, we see Eric yelling at Vince on the field. Um, and then we see Vince with, with his friend, the guy that was kicked off the team in the, in the uh, premiere episode of season this season. Um, and the guy starts to make this out to be a race issue, like you alluded to earlier. Yeah. You know, where he's talking about how, like, oh, look, you know, the white guy is going to look out for his own player and da da da. You know, and he's trying to pump up this racial element uh, when I don't think that plays any part whatsoever, at least for Eric. No, no doubt. Um, he doesn't care about any of that. Um, so that leads to this massive blow up on the football field. And it's such a terrible thing to happen, but Vince deserves it, right? So they in the football game the the lions are getting killed i mean they're getting creamed but luke made a great play intercepted the football um was running down the field right and vince was in front of him so vince's job at that point was to block for him get guys out of the way and luke only had there's only one guy ahead of luke if, if vince had done his job luke would have scored a touchdown yeah. Unfortunately, at that point, Vince decides he's just going to stop running and therefore Luke gets creamed. Um, doesn't lose the football, but he does get tackled pretty, pretty hard. Of course, Eric is not happy. Right. And so when Vince is coming off the field, he is in Vince's face. They're both they're screaming at each other. Uh, it's just total blowout between both of these, these characters. He is
0: really close to his face. Oh, like.
1: yeah. And, and Vince is like, You get out of my face. You get out of my face. And, and Eric's like, No, you get out of my face. You know, you know why I'm I on you so much in, in practice? Because you're, you're so talented, but you're, you're, you're your own worst enemy. And uh, he forces Vince to put his helmet back on. And I think what really tops off this portion of the episode, and certainly this storyline, is that because vince didn't do his job on defense or in that situation which would have allowed luke to score the touchdown um it gave vince the opportunity as the quarterback to go out there and score the touchdown himself which he does so that actually is worse because it's in a way to to a certain extent you could argue that vince Was more or less being rewarded for not doing his job, you know. Like if he would have done what he was supposed to do, Luke would have scored. Instead, uh, he gets to go out and score the touchdown, the first touchdown by the way that the team has ever scored. Um, (laughs) So that I think is almost a really tough to watch to see him get some satisfaction out of being one to score points when he really didn't deserve to do it in the first place.
0: No, and he kind of screwed over the you know, the beginning to get points in the first place. Like, it shouldn't be on him. Uh, but at least they got something on the board, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the big thing in this was that they finished the game.
0: Yeah, they don't you know. quit.
1: <laughs> no, they didn't quit. You know, uh, I think that was the big thing. And they scored a touchdown, which means some progress has been made because they didn't score anything in, in the last game. So there you go.
0: It's something. (laughs)
1: Um, all right. So let's move on to the, to the big storyline. Well, actually, no, no, hold Let's hold off. We have to talk about Regan's, uh, very briefly because he doesn't have a lot in this episode, but obviously we, we know what Becky wants, right? Yeah. She's interested. she, she wants a little bit of Tim, Tim Riggins. Um, and I'm th- thankfully, uh, rather than going, at least at this point, the jailbait route, which this show has <laughs> managed to, uh, do far more often than it ever should have in the past. Uh, Tim pushes her advances away. You know, he tries to pawn her off on Luke says, Hey, you know, the uh, Luke kid on the football team, he's been watching you. He's been looking at you. Uh, he's, He's definitely more or less telling her, this isn't going to happen. Sorry.
0: Yeah. And she definitely looks really disappointed, but I don't think this is the end of it. (laughs) She looks way too persistent for this to be the end.
1: (laughs) So what you're saying is, is she's got moxie.
0: Yeah. I think she's got more upper sleeve than this. (laughs) Gotcha. Than just getting another ride.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Uh, all right, so let's get into the, to the last bit here. This, of course, is the Eric Tammy stuff that happened in this episode. So I think Eric realizes that he's bit off way more than he can chew. I don't think he realized quite what he was getting into. And now it's starting to dawn on him. And the first thing that happens is he's talking to Levi, who's the principal of the school. And, of course, he burned the uniforms as a symbolic gesture to more or less say, a couple of, was it, no, two episodes, or last episode, they burned the all the uniforms as a symbolic gesture of let's start over uh, from scratch. We're going to be reborn as an actual team. And so he's trying to explain to Levi why they did it and that he needs more money to get uniforms. Levi, however, turns and basically tells him, uh, you weren't even supposed to take this job. Like this yeah, wasn't. Was like, wow. Right.
0: Like they didn't even think he would consider taking that job. They didn't even think they'd have a football team, nothing. So that's pretty horrible. Like, you know, back at Dylan, you know, he was top dog and here he's pretty much the joke of the school. It's pretty awful.
1: It is pretty awful. You know, and you see like the sun look on Eric's face, it's like that's never occurred to him. Why would it? You know, he was offered the job. He didn't want to take it, really, but he's got he's got a family to feed, so he did, you know. Um, now he's being told he was never supposed to accept the job. Like, it was all a big joke, but Eric's the only one that didn't get the joke. Um, so Eric, of course, is, you know, burning the midnight oil, so to speak, uh, and the Under Armour guy comes to visit. Uh, I recognized this guy when he walked in the door. I thought, I know this guy. Okay. Uh, there's a TV show called Parenthood that ended yeah. a couple of years ago. And I remember that. Okay. So he was, um, oh, the one, the one, uh, sister's, um, husband. Uh, which one was that? Um, it's been a while. That was the... They were it they were was. they were fighting a lot towards the end of the <laughs> series. Like they had separated. Um
0: uh, was it? Let's see.
1: The blonde the, the, the blonde daughter, the uh the one that was the the swimmer, she's like the lawyer. She was the lawyer.
0: Was this guy Sam Yeager?
1: Uh, maybe.
0: Uh let's see. He played um with space Joel Graham. Yeah.
1: That's him. Played Joel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the actor. And I thought, I, that's okay. Okay. Yeah. This is only like, a, I don't know, a couple of Two years, a couple of years prior, I think. Yeah. Well, so it's a small, look, little guest role. That's it. Uh, so anyway, the Under Armour guy comes in. Uh, Eric tells him, hey, look, I need these uniforms. I'm having a little trouble with the money. He, he understands, but he's like, i got to take something back with me. So how about uh, I'll take three now and the two on delivery. And Eric um, you can see the panic on his face, but they need uniforms because they can't play football if they don't have uniforms. And, of course, they burn their uniforms. <laughs> I would have not burned the uniforms until I found out no. if I was going to get more. But, uh, hey, whatever. Um,
0: yeah. What have
1: you? So Eric pulls out a personal check. Writes it for three thousand dollars, hands it to him. Guy walks out the door. Next, I was like, uh, what? Yeah, three thousand dollars. Not an insignificant sum of money, by the way. Um, oh, like
0: holy moly! I was like, goddamn, you have that in your account, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah.
1: So Tammy, of course, the next day, um, asks about uh, a check for like forty six dollars or something, or something that was a check that wasn't written in the uh, the book. And yeah, Eric, it was
0: missing out of their checkbook, and she just wanted to know how much it was for. Right. and Yeah.
1: And so he he says it was for, like, dry cleaning or something. And she's like, ah, oh, you know, you got to write it in there, you know. So I'm thinking, wow, well, you're making a big deal out of this. Just imagine if you knew what it was really for. <laughs> and,
0: and I'm thinking, like, man, back in the days when you had to keep a che- balanced checkbook and not just look at your phone.
1: <laughs> uh, we I still do that. Really? I do. I do. Oh my goodness. We um we yeah we do all that yeah we we, we keep all our receipts for everything. Um, that's yeah that's what we do. So <laughs> wow,
0: ancient times.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, I guess it's the one holdover I have from my younger days. Um, that's
0: sweet. That's yours.
1: Yep. So there we go. Anyway, so um, eventually, he confesses that it was for three thousand dollars. Here's the problem, though. They don't have three thousand dollars in their account, bit of a problem.
0: So it's gonna bounce,
1: right? So in the, in the meantime, Eric is trying to get Buddy to help him out with boosters, all this stuff, so that he can get the money together, you know, to replace what he just spent of his own money to get, you know, the uniforms. Um, it, yeah. So they have this, they have this epic, you know, fight. Um, each person feels like they're justified in their position. Uh, of course, we know that out of both of them, Eric is the one whose actions are, are least defensible, and he knows it. And so he kind of gets defensive in his argument. He just starts getting riled up, um, and then he storms out the door. Uh, and then you know we later get hit, you know he, as Eric is wont to do, uh, and the occasions where he loses his temper uh, with Tammy. When they have an argument or a fight, cooler heads prevail eventually, which I, which I love, by the way. And yeah. when she comes to visit him in his office, uh, and sit, she sits down in front of him, he offers an apology immediately. Uh, I love it Smart so man. much. Smart. <laughs> uh, and we got the audio, so here it is. Hi. Hey. thought I'd swing by on my way home from work. I'm sorry. I appreciate that. Doug called from Under Armour. He said he's willing to wait for the school to pay for the $2,000. The other 3000 he's going to take it easy on me. And I will get it paid. OK. Honey, don't ever do that again. I won't. And I'm sorry you're having such a hard time. All right, Sarah, um, what'd you think of this, uh, scene?
0: I love it. And I love the way they talk to where, you know, he immediately apologizes and she doesn't just say like something snide, like, yeah, you, you bet you do, or, you know, something kind of snarky that, you know, a couple might do. You know, she says, I appreciate that. And it's like, oh, that's wonderful. That's so loving. Um, uh, the, the dialogue is wonderfully written. I love it all. Um, it's classic marital Eric and Tammy, <laughs> it's such a great scene. Uh, it's it's such a hard subject to money, very touchy with couples, and they handle it really well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think anybody who's married, you know, has had one or two, you know, arguments or at the very least discussions uh, regarding stuff like this. And yeah, right. It's always the touchy thing to get into. Um, but they do a really good job here uh, of showing uh, this fight that breaks out but also, as they do even when they've gotten the, to like a big blowout they end up talking to each other like, I like how it goes she sits down, says, oh I just want to stop in and see you and his first response isn't yeah, it isn't like some cute thing that he's trying to say it's you know something to break the tension or anything he just he's contrite and he says i'm sorry and she says i appreciate that and there's two lines right there like it's it's amazing how many tv shows and movies don't do this scene they they totally miss the point and it this scene really uh exemplifies which what is so amazing about the relationship, which is that they can get into big fights, but then when they come back together to talk about it, um, the ego is missing, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. They can set their differences aside and, you know, focuses, focus on what really matters and the problem at hand and also knowing who each other really are.
1: Yeah. And the one that's wrong, the one is that's made a mistake isn't, uh, filled with pride and unable to say that they're sorry you know they immediately say look I was wrong
0: yeah exactly so
1: yeah uh, so I love all that so yeah it's great stuff Um, alright I think that's actually it for the episode yeah, interesting. yeah I think so alright so Sarah give me your final thoughts and your grade for this episode um, which I mean it's a good one Uh, but give me your thoughts
0: yeah it's a really good episode i particularly love the stuff about you know matt the artist and julie um i am really interested in to see the ramifications of you know the conversation that julie and the artist had also the ramifications of how matt's gonna handle knowing what he said to julie in the future or if it's just gonna slide away i'm curious um but also, uh, Eric and Tammy. Such great written pieces. Like, their talking is just beyond what you would get in a normal show. I love it so much. Um, yeah, I'm not too thrilled with Landry's new fling Jess. I don't know how, how long she's going to be in the picture or if she's permanent. All I know is I'm missing Tyra at this point. Um, and yeah, Becky, like, she's sweet and persistent and I don't think she's going anywhere but it's kind of the same thing like, where's Lila? <laughs> Man, we haven't seen her. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a pretty good episode. Um, not much I found too wrong with it. I give it uh, an A-. Yeah. Okay. Alright. Uh,
1: good, great. Um i I can't disagree with what you said you know i I miss our favorite characters as well. I miss Tyra, I miss Lala. I miss their familiarity with our characters and with me as a as a viewer uh but at the same time i I have to admit it's nice to see new characters and to see how these new characters affect some of our old favorites. you know what are they gonna do how are they gonna upset, upset the status quo. Um, so I appreciate watching how this is playing out. I want to see what happens here. Uh, the rest of the stuff I I thoroughly enjoyed. I thought that everybody that had a storyline in this episode had a good one. Julie had, you know, maybe it wasn't an explosive storyline, but it was a personal one and one filled with subtly with, you know, stakes. Um, I liked I liked um, Matt's storyline for what it was because he's being confronted with what sounds like to Matt probably certain realities whether he he agrees with them or not uh, is one thing but he's being he's being presented with uh, what his life should be like if he wants to be a good artist and it, time will tell if Matt buys into that um, yeah. Uh, the Tammy Eric stuff the whole storyline with them this week I thought was really really well handled um, you know even the the, the the Luke and Vince stuff I thought was great and you know, these are two characters that are butting heads a lot uh, because they are the two most talented players in the team and I I like that this show which has never been a show to shy away from racial tensions and, and racial discussions before yeah. Uh is you know really confronting it head on this season, and that just is because you know hey look they're across town, you know they're they're in this other side of town where there are more African Americans, and therefore there's more uh, opportunity I guess for the writers to confront that aspect um, and talk about it and create storylines that are meaningful, and uh, so I, I like that Luke is not this perfect golden boy. You know he is a bit whiny. Um, I like that Vince has a lot of baggage. He's carrying a lot of baggage. You know his his mom is how she is. We've we've seen that. Um, we know he has some trouble with the law. So he's got he's got baggage. You know and yeah, I enjoy that. I like the characters are not like perfect. You know, kids that they they've got their own issues, and it uh, it becomes apparent as the episode moves along. So yeah, for me, I gotta give this. Uh, I gotta give it a solid A. I thought it was just a really good episode.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. It's a great episode. Okay,
1: all um, right, everyone. Uh, Sarah, how can they contact us and send in feedback?
0: So you can do so by if you can send it an email or a voicemail, what have you. You can do so by sending it to freakinggeeksmedia at gmail.com or going out onto Twitter at freakgeek at Freak Geeks Media. Uh, we're out on there as well. And then if you want to hop on to iTunes, give us a rating review, we deeply appreciate it. And we're also out on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash freaking geeks, where we have subscriber levels and other content. Right now for Patreons only, we're doing a Stranger Things uh, podcast up until the you know the beginning of this season too. We're really excited about that.
1: Yep. It's coming up soon. Yay. All right. Uh, All right. I think that's it for us. So clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't lose.
0: Can't lose. All right, buddy.
1: Have a good week. We'll see you next time.
0: Night.